Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. about life without judgment. We take a look at society, we examine it, and we allow for the possibility of something new, something different. And now, here's your host, Alan Ritter. Welcome, everyone, to this Sunday evening, 23rd of December. And let me check. I don't think it's the last Sunday in December. Is it the last Sunday? No, there's one more Sunday in December, the 30th. But this is the last Sunday before Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. If you don't celebrate Christmas, uh Merry, uh, merry no time, <laughs> happy no time, but I don't have to say happy to anyone who understands that out beyond the notions of right doing and wrongdoing, there is a field and I'll meet you there because in my perspective, we're all building and we're all receiving exactly what we're supposed to be receiving We are in a constant state of bliss, and you don't have to travel to heaven. You are in it. And you don't have to go find a guru to teach you because you are the guru and you bring your teacher to you every instant with the most appropriate uh, of circumstances. So dig right in. Your heaven is... You are in it. Your body is in it. Your soul is bringing it to you. Tonight, I wanted to talk about a topic that had come up uh, in my head over the week. It's a subject that uh, I took a lot of interest in. Well, several, it's several subjects that I've taken um, a reasonable amount of time to look at over the years. And it's um, soil fertility, personal fertility, fertility, mental fertility, social fertility. And for some reason, 
I seem to come back to this topic. Uh, the emerging forest is about uh, my personal wish, my personal uh, intent of um, increasing fertility. So one of the ways to increase for understand different perspectives and understand different channels. Sometimes this is very, very difficult because there are other people or it is proposed that there are other people that are sold beings here and or at least I propose that sometimes. Um, sometimes I don't propose it when I'm arguing the other side of the coin. But they certainly, if they are sold beings, they certainly have valid perspectives. And those perspectives are not intelligible to us because, frankly, our own perspective is not intelligible to us. What we are doing here is not intelligible. It's um, very strange, but I hope I have a general direction, but... Um, Hoping and perceiving as a as a human is um, quite the um, false first step. So tonight, as I do many times, I'd like to start with some examples, so we can um, I can sort of migrate you from wherever you are um, to understand. Uh, the fibs that I'm going to present later in in the uh, in the hour. So this is some of this is stuff I've presented previously. So I'm not going to go that deeply into it. I'm just going to present what needs to be um, presented in order to uh, progress to the second or second section of the talk, second segment of the um, of the program tonight. So that's my plan, and my plan can always be pushed aside because of your plan. And if you're planning to call me and be on the show, please do. I don't care if you want to talk about what I want to talk about. It would be nice, but um, what do you want to talk about? So let's see what you want to talk about tonight. That would be nice. The number to call in to be on the radio show tonight is 646-564-9714. That is 646-564-9714. Okay, so let's start with the soil. There's lots of biology books and lots of soil books and lots of departments in universities called um, Practice on Soil Science and lots of farming and lots of information about how to treat soil. But from my understanding of how to grow soil, there aren't really that many people who even have a rudimentary 
understanding of how to grow soil. It's not very popular to grow soil. It's more popular to uh, fertilize it, um, spray it, and control as many of the circumstances around it as possible so that a passable crop comes out, not a super. That's um, commercial farming in general. I'm not um, pointing a finger at small farmers. Small farmers are the ones that know a little bit better, but large farmers that make up the vast, overly vast majority of the food that's brought to table uh, in the United States and probably in the world are um, industrial-sized commercial farmers and uh, they spray. They spray organics, they spray um, conventional produce. Um, It's all sprayed. But in general, and this is information that I've learned from uh, studying uh, Bob Kennard and other sources, soil is so complex that it is not understandable. It's like our souls are so complex they're not understandable. So it's better to set the table for growing the soil as close to natural process as possible, which is why farming this way is called natural process, a a subject addressed in a magazine called Acres USA. And that would be as close to hands-off as possible. Then, under those circumstances, to say, we don't know what's going on, we can begin to appreciate what's going on, but we can never know all that's going on in the soil. There's too many things going on. And be happy with um, a fraction of what's grown. Say, okay, we, we understand that if we just take this small fraction of the largesse of nature, and nature is incredibly generous, we just take this small piece and don't push the balance off, um, we will eat incredibly, we will live and eat and uh, live our lives in in incredible bounty. And um, nature will also. But um, then in steps, I want to be rich man. And I want to be rich man says, and I want to control man. I want to be in control of nature. I want to be in control of other people. I do. I want to rule. I want to see my um, my perspective come through, and I want to cr- 
crush all others before me because mine is is first. And in crushing other perspectives, you're also crushing uh, nature, as it were. And uh, in this perspective, um, the most um, capitalization or cash or profit must be um, must be and the and in this way um, there isn't a oh we'll take one percent and nature can have ninety nine percent it's we want to take as much as possible and we don't want to we don't have any want to have any inefficiencies in the process so everything that is there um, we want to um, craft the process so that there is no uh, quote-unquote waste product. It's all sold. There's nothing left for um, the soil in this case. So man rules over nature beyond man's ability to understand and man doesn't be man makes um, universities and man dispenses science in those universities, which still doesn't understand nature. And man uh, goes down through uh, century after century, continuing to um, codify, solidify his view that he understands this uh, process, which he does not understand. And so now here we are uh, many years, many hundreds of years into this process of man's grasp, man's grasp on understanding and man's application of that misunderstanding, man's grasp exceeding his, his reach or what happens when the balance is um, pushed more than it can be pushed nature crumbles uh, the garden of Eden turns to a desert in man's hands so we have going on just look around you so in order to make this point and bring in um, one of the other uh, contributors in society, money and uh, money manipulation, I'd like to give you an example of the impact of man's misunderstanding and man's um, propensity to say, I want it all for myself, <laughs> right? So man likes to create money from nothing. This is called fractional reserve banking, and it's a uh, lawful process these days. It's also a very tenuous process because after a while of creating money from nothing, the money is all nothing, and there isn't any money in it. And over thousands of years, 
the event that follows people connecting A to B is called a hyperinflation in which the money goes from being in reality valueless but then public connects that it's valueless and the money is no longer able to purchase anything. You can look up many examples of hyperinflation. They've happened all over the um, all over our game space for forever. Bolivia, the Boulevard, uh, Poland. Uh, one famous example was in uh, the 1920s um, Germany, where the mark uh, died. Well, it didn't die. It became uh, you know ten to the six to buy a loaf, ten to the six marks to buy a loaf of bread where within the weeks before it was like four or less. In other words, your savings become meaningless. So man likes to create money from nothing and loan it to himself and call the resulting economy a healthy one. So if a government can be in league with a bank saying, oh, that bank is legal. And the reason, one of the reasons that the uh, government likes to be in league with this bank is because it gets lots and lots of money to fund its programs and also to throw to its populace and its populace feels wealthy. And its populace is sees that it's well-fed because of all this money. This is anything but healthy as you there, there have been some hiccups in the system. The crisis in housing, one of those hiccups. There are many hiccups. Lots of, um, lots of symptoms that the uh, economic gut is not well. The compost heap of dollars is based on something that shouldn't be in the stomach of the economy. So after many dances around the fire, around the fire, when all these loans come due, no one can pay. And they default. So kings default and they smile at each other's smile at each other. Bank governments default and they smile at each other. And because the loans don't get, don't get paid. Uh, the money loses confidence, and this can be seen in, as I said previously or alluded to previously, any monetary uh, events in history. Let's choose, let's talk about one such event so that I can give you a perspective um, the magnitude of the impact of such an event. So I there is a, a rather lengthy book that's on the Mises Ludwig on Mises website. Um, it is by a gentleman whose name whose last name is DeSoto and the book is called Money, Bank Credit and Economic Cycles. And I am reading 
from page 70. And that, page 70 begins, Banking in Florence and in the 14th century. Around the end of the 12th and the beginning of the 13th centuries, Florence was the site of an incipient banking industry, which gained great importance in the 14th century. The following families owned many of the most important banks. And I'm going to butcher these uh, Italian names, so please um, pardon me. The Asianiolis, the Bonacorsis, the Cochis, the Antalifis, Corsinis, the Ozanos, the Perindolis, and the Perusis and the Bardis. Pardon me for my mispronunciations, please. Evidence shows that from the beginning of the 14th century, bankers gradually began to make fraudulent use of a portion of the money on demand deposit, creating out of nowhere a significant amount of expansionary credit. It's money out of nowhere that we've been talking about before. Therefore, it is not surprising that an increase in money supply in the form of credit expansion caused an artificial economic boom followed by a profound, inevitable recession. This recession was triggered not only by the Neapolitan prince's massive withdrawal of funds, but also by England's inability to repay its loans and the drastic fall in the price of the Florentine government bonds as a result of those removal of funds and inability to uh, repay loans. So you can see in Florence, public debt had been financed by speculative new loans created out of nowhere by Florentine banks. A general crisis of confidence occurred causing all the above banks to fail between, and these days are, the dates are important, 1341 and 1346. As could be inspected, these banking failures were detrimental to all deposit holders who, after a prolonged period, received half a third of their deposits at most. And of course, that is of a devalued, basically worthless uh, currency at that point because the uh, the entire apple cart was upset and the uh, currency was value, valueless. So at the end of, let's read that sentence again because it's very important. As could be expected, these banking failures were detrimental to all deposit holders who first delay after a prolonged period as though you went to the bank to uh, withdraw your money and they didn't have it because it was, you know, there was a crisis, so everyone was turned away. And then everyone was turned away every day for a certain amount of time until the banks would actually close. This has happened around the world as well. Even after the banks reopened, 
your account would be settled for some pittance of what you had had on on file. In addition to that, that money was devalued even if you received um, a third or a fifth of their deposit at most, at most. Continuing. Fortunately, an author called Villani recorded the economic and financial events of this period in a chronicle that Carlo M. has resurrected. According to Villani, the recession was accompanied by a tremendous tightening of credit, referred to descriptively as Manchimento della Credenza, or credit shortage, which further worked worsened economic conditions and brought about a deluge of industry, workshop, and business failures. Cipolla has studied this economic recession in depth and graphically describes the transition from economic boom to crisis and recession in this way. The age of, quote-unquote, the canticle of the sun gave way to the age of the dance macabre. In fact, according to Cipolla, the recession lasted until Thanks to the devastating events of the plague, which radically diminished the population, the supply of cash and credit money per capita approached its pre-crisis level and laid the foundation for a subsequent recovery. Okay, so now they're bringing in the second shoe, the other shoe that dropped. So here there is a preparation of conditions over a period of five years. A massive amount of the industry in Florence and in the area, because these were Florentine banks, so it is a a huge impact uh, not only in Italy, but in the surrounding countries because Italy is a banking center. It's not just in Italy. The money uh, uh, issues were, as I read previously, all the way in England. So many, many industries, workshops, and businesses failed. People who had bank who had deposits in banks received nothing for from their deposits. Industry, uh, basic industries were moving at a um, very very slowly, if at all. And this is during the period of 1341 to 1346. At this point, I am going to take a break, and I will be back to talk to you after the break. And favorite song is Dave the Bard, Green and Gray. 
see you in a few minutes.
International Pagan Radio. You can hear your favorite artists such as Dave the Bard, Tuatha Dea, Spiral Rhythm, S.J. Tucker, Murphy's Midnight Rounders, and many, many more. Join us for exciting shows like Ask a Witch and Storytime with Rook as well. www.internationalpaganradio.com on the net or on TuneIn Radio on your mobile devices. Join us on Facebook and Twitter too. International Pagan Radio, all pagan, all the time. Welcome back to an emerging forest on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. We hope everyone was able to stretch their legs and get a drink. And now... Back to Alan. Welcome back. And if you'll recall, we're in Florence in 1341 to 
like the money unit coupled to the Dira has become uh, devalued and there isn't uh, all the banks, all the money disappeared from the banks uh, and depositors uh, after a, a long wait and after watching the value of the currency that they were waiting for um, during their long wait watching that value go down they received a fraction, a small fraction at most uh, if they received anything uh, from their deposits of, uh, of money in the bank deposits uh, nonetheless that made the uh, credit extension possible thus, thus is the way of the banker so this um, action of the currency um, led to a credit tightening because nobody wanted to loan money for business because nobody had money and nobody wanted to loan money for business. The economy uh, crashed. No one had money to for next week's receipts. Businesses fail, your industries fail, your workshops fail. And no one has money to eat, no one has money to um, entertain, no one has money to do much of anything. And uh, this process of getting ready for what took place next um, took five years from 1941 to 1346. And I'll read to you um, what took place next. So the plague arrived in Europe in October 1347 when 12 ships from the Black Sea, which is why it's called, well, all the reasons why it's called Black Death, 12 ships from the Black Sea docked at the Sicilian port of Messina. The Sicilian port, right in the midst of this Italian economic destruction. So, what are this uh, these twelve ships? It's really interesting that it's twelve ships because it's their twelve disciples. Pretty funny. I I, would, I don't think that is being funny. I take that as being a signal um, that um, someone is trying to wave their finger at you and say. Our hand, our fingerprints are all over this, and also they're waiting um, for the quote-unquote dance macabre to reach its point economically, and for the resistance of the population to have decreased to a certain level, and then they send their um, their apostles' number of ships along to Messina to release the um, the rats and release the, the fleas upon the rats, which uh, spread the began the spread of the Black Death into Europe. So this is about fertility. This is about immunology. Immunology. Of course, the people in application in Italy and Europe in general at that 
point where so you can be no depressed by this uh, bust and inability to feed themselves and destruction of their saved wealth. They were in prime uh, condition to receive this injection of disease, which they did, and they all died. Many of them died. So the next idea that I would like to um, is we have the same money system now as they did then. It's vastly inflated. Um, there is no real um, basis. There's no real value on which the money um, money is coined. It used to be silver. It used to be gold. It is now 100% fiat, uh, 100% by declaration. This is money and it is worth X. It is worth... Um, it is a transitory uh, medium. You transition it uh, from A to B, um, taking it as a value marker for your labor and um, purchasing for it goods and calling that a good deal. It's the nature of money. That's what money does. So looking at society, one can say, and I had this idea pass through my mind earlier in the week and wrote it as a Facebook post. Um, society can be seen as a number of countries, And society can be seen as fertile because there's a number of languages and a number of uh, different cultures. But when uh, a funny uh, um, intuitive moment basically said, I said to myself, well, I don't believe that there are that many countries, that there, there are that many different systems of economy and that's what um, we're talking about. We're talking about the, the systems of fertility. So in almost all countries today, there's one system of economic fertility, that's the corporate system, and the banking system accompanies that corporate system. So that banking system is the same. Um, greedy man rules over nature. Man knows better. Um, nature crushing uh, anti-emerging forest east. And so now I think the, now I think I have presented the basis material or the material that I wanted to present you with. So what I want you to do now is I don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to be encouraged because at least you know this is my opinion. This is not general opinion. Do your own research. I've given you my my references. Um, write me an email. My email address is r i t t e r period a l a n eighty eight at gmail dot com. Write me an email. 
Tell me what you think. This is where we stand today. It is not, I am not saying that tomorrow we're going to have a monetary crisis. I am not saying that at all. I'm saying this is the system of value that we have. This is the system of economy that we have. This is the system of treatment of nature that we have. This is where we are today. And my proposal, my intent, my um, platform at Emerging Forest, at an Emerging Forest, is to say this is the society that I grew up in. Um, bow to it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to make as much a change in a fertile direction as I possibly can during my lifetime because I am preparing during my lifetime not for my progeny but for my next lifetime because I'll be right back here with the same work to do the next time I come back. And so I want to have um, made as much of an effort to push the vector of society toward fertility because that seems to be the, um, the weight or the push or the what I wish to do. And the experiences that I want to have are experiences in a more fertile world what I am about. This is the news. What I've basically talked to you about is this is where we are. This is who we are. These are the systems that at present the continued destruction and continued desertification of this ecosystem shows how barren the philosophy of those who have control is. Greed, nature, just flows through their finger like water, flows through an open hand. Because they want it all for themselves, they can't have it all for themselves. They asked only 1%, but they asked nothing, they didn't receive everything. They crush it in the fist. They can hold water. You can't hold water in a fist. You can share water and have it all, but you can't crush it in your hand and have any. So what I just talked to you in the first three quarters of an hour is an assessment of where we are, my opinion. What are the roads forward? Please don't get scared. You know where you are. You, will, you have a better foundation under your feet. So here's where we are. And we can make such immense difference by doing simple things. Such immense difference. The first thing you can do is you can treat your body your own 
nutritional compost feed creates a better by eating more raw whole foods. Not meat. Meat is not a meat, meat is an meat is another excuse for power. If you have to eat meat, please eat it sparingly, but I propose that it's a wasted nutrient a negative nutritional event. They bad things. Well, there aren't bad things, but as far as um, policies that you should institute that would more carefully align yourself with your body wants to be more fertile, well, that one simple change, it's not a simple change. It will take years for you to do. But even your understanding Eating more plants is a benefit to your internal ecology. Eating more plants puts your vote to the world. Hi, I eat more plants. They'll grow more plants for you to eat, even if they're conventional. Eating conventional plants is better than eating anything than processed. Watch. Dr. Michael Greger, How Not to Die. Um, much more information is much more accomplished than I can, than I don't need to be accomplished. He's a reference. He's vastly more uh, knowledgeable. Spent much more time doing this. I don't need to um, be uh, his, uh, I don't need to be his disciple. He's, he's given us all the direction that we need. So we're not going to move away from the present structure. We're not going to revolt. What we're going to do is we're going to direct it. We're going to direct it from inside by saying, first, we need more plants. And then by growing more plants locally to ourselves, by growing plants in yards, by dedicating a block in a neighborhood to be a farm, growing plants in there for the local population to eat so that the plants don't have to use fuel, be out of the area so you can eat local, 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 to grow the soil on that block to create immunobeneficial, immunouplifting fruits and vegetables that the local population can actually walk in amongst those plants, choose the ones they want, have those plants change for them, because plants do change for you and give you things that aren't seen anyplace else because they know you. Plants are incredibly intelligent. You can say, We rule to misunderstand where we are. We are in a garden that is watered by the rain that comes from trees. So if you want to say trees water people, that is correct. And whether we are the quote-unquote rulers is um, misunderstanding. We, we are the I mean, we are 
the tearfully grateful um, students of the land. Tearfully grateful is exactly who we are. So wherever you are, however much more each week you can afford the most beneficial, unless you know better than I do, the most beneficial thing you can do is spend a few more dollars to produce into your body, your family's body, grow sprouts on your windowsill, grow, uh, understand what the weeds are in your backyard and how many are edible. Most of them are. But understand first their edibility. Talk to your neighbors. Understand who is receptive and who is not receptive. Do things like I did. If you live in an area that is close to a large produce market, get together with 10 families, get together with five families, get together, you know, buy it and start sharing it with other people. Your goal isn't to make a profit. My goal with my produce club is to make a little bit of a profit. It is also to do this other thing, which is to inject as much immuno-enabling produce into as many bodies as possibly can, as I possibly can. To change the immuno-profile of the society, the neighborhood in which you live, is that and a different rational message. Here is another society that is that is plant more plant based. So the more plants I can inject, I mean that's my activism. The more plants I can inject into the local population, the better. It's not. I mean, people look at me and they say. I'm planning for the long term. I'm planning for long-term growth of my produce club paying me very well. And also, but I also have agendas that I don't even know about. I meet so many people. Help improve immune systems. Have people's families so that they're not sick now, but they used to be sick all the time. My uh, fragility is simply grass. So if you reach out and grasp something, a flower, you grasp it, it dies in your hand. So if you wish to control nature, 
using your hands. And there's a desert. You wish to fraudulently make more money from nothing and have all of these loans to do all of these public projects. All of those public projects are misappropriations of intention. Oh, I can do this and I can do that. You have economic boom, but money went to places that it was ill-advised to go to. So, once again, I'm not saying that there's going to be an economic bust soon. What I'm saying is, is there are other systems and other ways to live. Notice the one. Notice the one that you are in. Notice the set of circumstances that you are in. And you can make it your intention to understand more by reading Soto's and money, bank, credit, and economic cycle, E-E-S-O-T-O. It is available on Mises Org website, PDF, for free. Probably not asking, they're probably not asking that much for a hardbound copy. First copy that I read was hardbound. It's another 900 page book that will completely change your life. Um, thank you so much, everyone out there, for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, either live or thank you for listening uh, sometime in the future. Awesome Christmas if you celebrate. Have a uh, super day, super week in heaven if you don't. Bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.